here with Professor Talia Ely and Professor Ian Everall, and they're the organisers of this research festival here at the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology and Neuroscience. Why are you having this event? We have this event every year and it's about celebrating the research that goes on at the Institute uh, in general and then uh, more broadly to encourage our colleagues to learn about each other's research because it's very easy to get caught in a, in a narrow corridor where you're familiar with what everybody's doing and those are the talks you go to, those are the people you speak to uh, and so this is a way for us to expand everybody's horizons and be aware of all the fabulous colleagues there are that they could be working with and collaborating with around the institution. I really liked your little um, case study of I met somebody at a conference and I thought oh, this work is amazing and I realised they were on the floor above me in my university. But people who aren't familiar with academia won't appreciate that that happens. It's a common, it's a common experience, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. You go, oh, it's really interesting research and, um, and then you realise they're from the same institution from you. And because we're all so busy in our little silos uh, that it's often... Uh, a common event that you miss what else is going on uh, in the rest of the institution and um, our idea is to break down the silos and so people here especially at a place like the IOPPN the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology and Neuroscience the whole breadth of research that goes on here which can't go on anywhere else because we're so big and, uh, and also showcases what I think is the world leading research that goes on here so it's a celebration and it's a, a way of everyone else getting to know oh what's going on in the rest of the institution so the obvious next step for me, in terms of breaking down silos within the Institute, is that you start to break down those professional research silos, you know, psychology, psychiatry, yep. neuroscience, outside of the Institute. Is that going on? What role does the Institute play in that? So we're already interdisciplinary in our research, and we, you know, uh, one of the first things I did when I started about 18 months ago was take the Institute for a strategic review, and we've now got research, education, and other priorities, but one of the research priorities is to break down those silos, to make sure people are in uh, research, research networks, which is inter interdisciplinary, whether you're a neuroscientist working with a social scientist or a population scientist, and... Um, as mental health research funding for the first time has become a priority, uh, there are going to be large funding opportunities and we need to be in these interdisciplinary research networks in order to take advantage of those. And we've already got a research network in um, abuse and domestic violence, a research network that is a centre for society and mental health, and then a big welcome centre, an international centre for the study of psychosis. And then we have our BRC as well, yes. of course, which draws from expertise across the whole institution and hosts all sorts of quite clinically and translationally focused projects that draw on the interdisciplinary strengths here. And just to follow on from that, one of the great strengths of the BRC, or the Biomedical Research Centre, is it's not a centre of the Institute per se, it's a centre of the Institute and our hospital partner next door, the South London and Morsley NHS foundation trust so it draws expeditions and the researchers together again promoting further interdisciplinarity I've, I've, it's really good to hear about this cross-disciplinary approach I mean I've heard about it a lot talking to academics over the last couple of years what do you think of the barriers to that happening because if you talk to researchers they they love the idea of working with you know if you talk to psychiatrists they love the idea of working with a social scientist or a historian or a mm. town planner but what are the barriers to that happening do you think some of them are quite practical and they're just around 
physical organisations, so uh, lots of institutes such as this one are arranged in departments that have a physical location, so some of it's as simple as encouraging people to get outside of their physical corridor. Um, but I personally think quite a lot of it's around language as well, and so one of the things I hope you've noticed in, in the uh, festival so far is that people have been making a real effort not to use technical language. I've massively appreciated it, and it's made me able to understand every single talk that we've seen. But I think that is a skill, and it's a skill not everybody has, and understanding its necessity isn't something everybody realises as well. So I think that's one of the things we're trying hard to push forward here is uh, by focusing on translation and impact in this uh, festival today, we're trying to encourage our researchers to think about uh, the problem they're trying to solve at the level of, uh, of the issue and the story rather than going into all the technical detail. Uh, and, then, and then you don't run into those same problems of language to the same extent. But really to allow interdisciplinary research, people have to be willing to put effort and time into learning each other's techniques and languages and then another aspect of that is culture so previously the culture was working with your own laboratory under your senior person who's running that laboratory now we're saying no we've got to break those walls down and you've actually got to travel and work with other people with different expertise even if that includes going across a geographical boundary so one of the great things that's happening here is the exploitation of uh, digital technologies and uh, you know looking at use of wearables uh, smartphones etc to monitor for, say, early breakdown of, say, depression, uh, or to assess people, uh, to monitor them, and do online interventions. Now, we couldn't actually uh, develop this and be world leaders in this if we didn't work with people in the Faculty of Natural and Mathematical Sciences, where there's huge in, uh, expertise in informatics. So we've now worked with mathematicians, probably one of the few uh, mental health uh, institutes to be doing that. Where do you see this event in 10 years' time? Do you see it carrying on in the same sort of format, or do you think it might evolve into something else? Oh, I really see it growing. I'm really excited about where it will go. Um, we've, we've turned it from a, a, a primarily an institute-facing uh, event to being a little bit broader this year, and we hope to just broaden it year by year, really. Um, and we have our first set of uh, stands happening this year. So upstairs there'll be a stand, for example, promoting the work and explaining the work of the Research and Innovation Committee who hosts this event and organises this event with our events team every year. And what we hope is that gradually this event will expand in its scope and scale and that we might for example have an associated poster session um, that has a wide range of posters about research activities uh, and about the different professional services available to people um, and really just using it as a way of uh, signposting individuals as to where they can find out about what they need and want to find out about and to encourage collaboration across all those different levels. I agree with that. If it doesn't evolve, it loses its purpose. And my view is you have to innovate to maintain excellence in research, education, training and clinical care.